Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We'll share some of our experience as counselors, business owners, and most important of all, as everyday people. Hi, and welcome to Shrink Think. This is our podcast that explores the human experience from two therapists' perspective. We use a little humor and a lot of compassion to help you understand yourself and learn new ways of being. We hope you enjoy the show. Today on our show, we have Stephanie Conter O'Hara. She graduated with a graduate degree in clinical mental health counseling in 2013 from the University of South Florida. She holds her license for mental health counseling in Florida and Colorado and runs a group practice called Well-Minded Counseling and an insurance business, an insurance billing business for therapists called Contour and Associates Professional Billing Service in Colorado. She is a wife, a therapist, a business owner, and a type three on the Enneagram. She holds the goals of being a great leader, healer, and a businesswoman that focuses to help others feel validated, learn lessons of self-love, acceptance, and empowerment. Stephanie is here to talk to us about work-life balance, to maybe help us get our lives a bit more organized when we have a bunch of things going on. Hey, good morning or good afternoon. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you're hoping we can maybe take away from today? Hi, I'm Stephanie, as he mentioned, and I've been a therapist now for about seven years. I practice in Colorado, but I did work for a time in Florida as well. So I'm actually licensed in both states. I own a group practice in Broomfield, Colorado, where I have about seven therapists. And we all focus on different specialties. However, the general theme of the practice is like mindfulness-based practices. I also have another company that I own with my sister where we do billing to insurance companies and credentialing for therapists and other mental health practitioners in the field. That's a newer thing. We've been doing that now for about seven months. So just trying to figure that out as we go. I really enjoy new challenges and new opportunities and I kind of always thinking about new ideas. And so that's why I think I'm open to new business while focusing on another business. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I think as most people hear that, they think, you know, are you crazy to have another business? Cause you already have one going, you know, what's the deal with starting another one? Tell us a little bit about how that came to be and what made you decide to start another business, even though it sounds like you already have this great growing or successful group practice. Yeah. So a few things led me to that decision. I really enjoy being a therapist and really enjoy working with clients, but I do have this other part of my brain, another part of me that I enjoy really like task oriented, like to do list sort of work. And it gives my brain like a break from all of the depths that happen in therapy and it's just kind of very surface level. Okay. Like let's call the insurance company. Let's check off this box. Let's do this. And I also found myself almost being like a resource for a lot of my therapist friends asking me about different insurance questions or how do I do this with credentialing or how do I 
talk to this insurance company about this other thing. And I was like, why don't I just make this a whole separate business? I'm already doing this almost part-time. It feels like I might as well put my services out to other people and also maybe profit from it a little bit and have some side income. Yeah, that's really cool. I remember years ago, Nathan had said to me when I was, I had to rebuild this huge part of my fence in my backyard. And I just was explaining just how rewarding it was to work with my hands and just to be using these materials and then to see the progress. And he said something like, yeah, when we do all these like abstract things with clients, you know, getting into emotions and, you know, cognitive structures and all that kind of stuff to like get your hands on something that's tangible and it has a task, a start and a finish. It's just really rewarding and it uses a different part of you. So it kind of sounds like it gives you something that you can feel good about that you can tangibly see and accomplish. And it's just a different way of helping people. Yeah, I think it allows me to help colleagues in a way that I want to and be a part of the therapist community even more so. Because when you're in the office with a client, it's really just you and that client. And you're not really interacting with the mental health therapist community at large. And so I felt like this other business opportunity was going to get me connected with more therapists, have more conversations with therapists, and really, again, use a different part of my brain. So I'm really excited about where this business is going as well. Yeah. So man, as a wife, therapist, business, multi-business owner, you wear a lot of hats. How do you manage all of that? What do you feel like you do well? Well, I think what I do well is really blocking out my time. I really only allow myself to work during designated times of the day. So that allows to have boundaries around things. Otherwise, I'm sure I could probably work 24-7. So having those really tight boundaries of, okay, I, I wake up at this time, I do these relaxing things in the morning, and then once it hits like 10 o'clock, it's go time. And then once it's 6 p.m., it's time to shut down. And I just really try to stay true to those boundaries so I can have time, not just for my relationship with my husband or my family, but also for myself. Yeah. As a fellow three on the Enneagram, uh, myself, I find it difficult, I think, to turn the brain off and to stick within those boundaries. Is that a struggle that you face? And, and if so, how have you worked through that? Yeah, I d- definitely do struggle with that, especially since I have therapist friends who are also threes and they're always like talking to me outside of like work time about their own work projects. It's like I get together with my friend that's a therapist and my husband's like, okay, let's talk about something else besides work. And so I have him to help kind of balance me out a little bit. And then my friends, of course, that aren't therapists or even the ones that are, we talk about other things that kind of allows me to make this separation. I also am really diligent about like a yoga practice and like exercising. And that allows me to kind of turn off my brain and only like be in the moment. And I try to do that in the beginning of the day. So I kind of have this like fresh start and also turning off like my cell phone at a certain time is really important. Otherwise I'd be constantly on like those Facebook groups where there's thousands of therapists, like asking questions and talking to each other. It's so easy to get sucked into that and answer a bunch of them and connect with people and feel like I'm helping so many people, but I'm exhausted and it's like 11 p.m. And yeah, I've sort of dysregulated myself now with my boundaries. What are some of the other struggles you've noticed that you have as a, I guess I would say just as a successful person? I mean, 
you know, it's, it's not easy getting to where you are. You really learn a lot about yourself, both your strengths and your weaknesses. And especially, you know, as you start to accomplish things, you really, you see those things in you get exposed so much more clearly and you have to really deal with them and get them under control in order to achieve the things that you want to achieve. So what are some of those other things that you've noticed in yourself that you've really struggled with and how have you uh, learned to overcome them? Well, I definitely think something that I almost anticipated in a lot of ways, which was silly, was like other people were going to know how I want it and the way that I want it. And they're going to like read my mind. And I'm sure clients and other people in the world can relate to that. Like, oh, you know, this is the task at hand. Like everyone knows exactly the way I want it done. (laughs) And that never works out according to plan. So really trying to get clear with communicating with people and like setting like time limits on things. Cause if I ask someone like, Hey, can you do this? Or, Hey, can you help me with that? And I don't actually like explain how I want them to help me or what sort of like time frame I'm imagining. It can go wrong real fast. And I've definitely been victim to that several times and really trying to recognize that just because I think it's the right way to do something doesn't mean that it is. And other people can do things like better than I can and allowing that to, I don't know, like allowing other people to do things without me needing to like watch them. I found out that I can be a micromanager. So I try to step back from that and allow people to kind of like express themselves and be as autonomous as they can as a a recovering perfectionist, allowing people to, to do that and allowing myself even to mess up has been a struggle. Right. And that makes sense. You've really spent a lot of time trying to maybe hold yourself accountable. You've got that inner driver that's so strong and you figured out ways to kind of put bumpers on the bowling alley, so to speak, to make sure that you're still getting strikes. And I'm wondering, there's a lot of other folks out there, I think, that are probably not as driven as us. And I'm wondering when you're when you're talking with them, maybe in your, maybe they're a client or whatever, is there any kind of tip or trick that you are using to kind of help them do more of the simple things in their life? Is there anything you find yourself kind of repeating with folks to kind of help them out? Yeah, I think like paying attention to the things that you value. Like if you don't value it and you don't have a why on why you're doing something, then you're going to have absolutely no motivation to do it. I oftentimes work with teens in my practice. And so common frustration that I hear from parents and then from the teen is I don't have any motivation to do my homework. I don't want to spend time sitting in front of the computer and listening to my teacher like lecture for 30 minutes. I'd rather be playing video games or whatever. So trying to talk to them about like, what's the why behind what you're doing? Do you have any sort of reason that's going to make you get up every day and sign on to the computer or sign on to work or whatever it is? And how can you find purpose in that as well? Like, do you value... I don't know, education? Do you value your relationships with your family members? Do you value, like, what is, the, I guess, the why behind it? Right. That makes sense. I think as you were saying that, I was thinking, I wonder, uh, when I was thinking of the teenagers that I've had in the past and going, I wonder what would, they would say when you think, like, what do you value? I'm thinking, you know, they'd be like, well, playing video games is what I value. I mean, that's what's happening already. So done. Check the box. Like type of thing. Is there more detail? Not I don't want to get super detailed, but I'm wondering maybe a little bit more of how you get to the why a bit. If they come back with the answer of, oh, I value video games. Okay, well, like what is it about the video game that you value? 
and trying to dive deeper into that. Like, do you value the connection that you're having with friends? Maybe if you're playing, you know, over line or whatever those platforms are, do you value completing a task and beating the mission? Like, what is it about the video game that you value and how can you transfer potentially that drive to play video games into other things that do need to get done in life? Like video games is great. It's a great hobby, but you can get really sucked into it, of course. But how can you use those things that drive you to do fun things into something that's also productive for you, like going to school and like finishing your homework. Yeah, that's so helpful. I think really getting into, I mean, there is definitely a reason why teens or folks are even choosing the video game that they're choosing to play. There's entirely different things like that. And one of the things I find myself telling parents, as you were saying that is parents oftentimes don't spend the time to actually understand what it is that their teen even is interested in, why they even chose that game in the first place. And having those conversations um, really can be very helpful in determining what their motivation is. It makes a lot of sense. I'm even really aware, just as we're talking about this, Stephanie, that you seem like you're a person that has a lot of depth and you just you live there or you're just really aware of that space, probably more so than other people. So it seems like it's easier for you to recognize some of those whys and it might be harder for other people to recognize them. So I can imagine you being my therapist and maybe pointing some of those things out or helping me discover that there is a why and I didn't even, didn't even realize that. Is that an experience you, you have with folks? Yeah, I try to point out like what are your strengths and the things that you're already doing. Like if we'll use the video game example, if you find that doing the video game is speaking your speaking to your creative side or speaking to your drive to connect with other people, or perhaps it's speaking to your drive to again complete a task or earn a medal or something. How can you use those same drives into other things that would be again tasks that maybe you need to do in life? I really enjoy working with people to kind of uncover like what's their strengths and what is going to bring them the most fulfillment and happiness and purpose. Because I feel like if we're not paying attention to those things, then what are we really doing? Like we're going to not live a life worth living if all we're doing is waking up every day and going to work and making dinner for the kids and going to bed and waking up and doing it all over again. Like if there's no sense of fulfillment from that, then I think people end up experiencing more depression and more anxiety and end up having these like internal sufferings that maybe don't show up right away, but maybe if they look back, they're like, Oh man, like I don't feel fulfilled with my life and I really want that. And so I try to bring people back to what their purpose and what their values are so they can live a more full life. I love that. It's interesting as you were saying this side of it, I was very much connecting with what you were saying initially about like, these are some of the boundaries I have for myself, some of the disciplines that I utilize. And I think for a lot of people, you can hear that as what I cannot do or what I need to not do or what I need to stop doing or put a limit around. But really what I hear you saying is in order to protect the things that are important to me and the things that I value, I need to put some protections around those things and say no to other things. So some of these, you know, delegating of tasks or sticking to these routines or these time things, you know, you mentioned turning your phone off at a certain time or doing these yoga practices. 
those are activities that aren't just like boundaries for yourself, but they are things that you do that help you to protect what's really important to you so that you can enjoy life. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I definitely think that kind of really explains what I was saying. I think that if I wake up every day and just go to work, it's my work is fulfilling and I enjoy it and I feel like it has a purpose, but that can't be the only thing that I'm doing. Like my relationships with my husband or my sister, or my mom or whoever, like those are also fulfilling things in my life. And I want to make sure that I have time to nurture both. I think a life well lived is one where you wake up every day and you're at least somewhat happy to go to work. Maybe some days are more stressful than others, but you know, you at least come out of it feeling like, wow, like I was able to help this person today, or I was able to complete this task or the team and I really connected today. And then when I go home or right now in the pandemic, turn off my computer, I'm able to maybe take a second for myself, maybe uh, do a deep breathing exercise to kind of really separate work from home, especially since I don't get that drive home from work right now where I would have typically done that. And turn my focus to my family and to the connections that I have with them. And my husband's really good at like reminding me too, if I tend to fall off of that, like, Hey, I'm not trying to, you know, be hard here, but it's also good for you to fulfill this cup and and not just your work cup. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It just kind of really, it gets down to like one of the things that Aaron was saying a few minutes ago that I was like, yeah, that's totally true. When he was reflecting on what you were saying that you really are very introspective and trying to kind of detail things out. And I I guess I'm wondering, I wonder what right now, what Stephanie's doing, like what, (laughs) there's no way that your brain is not moving all the time. And so in the businesses that you have running, do you, do you end up um, just, is it really as dramatic, like not dramatic, but as black and white as, okay, you deal with this business, you hang up the phone, and then you're dealing the other one, then you hang up the phone. I mean, I guess I'm wondering about that transition between businesses and how you manage it. Do you have specific times that you do that? Or you just kind of go as it as the, the needs of the business are? So I think both kind of exist right now. I'm actually working with a business coach to kind of figure out how to move from where I am right now, which is kind of like a very eclectic looking day to perhaps a more structured day because I am someone who feels like I need to constantly, you know, Oh, this person texted me. I need to respond. Oh, this person like emailed me. I need to respond, especially during like my work time. And I I can become very like scattered or disorganized if I try to keep like just putting out these fires. And so something that I've been really trying to do, especially for my employees is I put block out like an office hour time on my calendar. So now my employees know like, Hey, if I need Stephanie, I can call her from two to 3 PM today. And maybe tomorrow it's 10 to 11 AM, but just to have again, like clear boundaries with people at work allows me to have better boundaries at home. I feel like, but even my schedule right now, it's not perfect. Like I'm always working to improve it because I see that there's a need in my life to do that. Um, so yeah, I'm attempting to have like clients like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, work on business stuff on Thursday. And then like Friday's a time for like creative projects. Doesn't always work out perfectly, but <laughs> I love that. That's, that's so cool. I mean, you, I've talked with several people about having a business coach. And 
you are, you know, I guess doing a really good job of selling me on it. The thing that I'm hearing from that is I wouldn't say you're chaotic or scattered. I would say you have so many great ideas and tons of energy and you're really driven, but all of that needs to get channeled into the right direction. Otherwise you can become your own worst enemy. I mean, that's how I, that's how I feel about myself as well. And what I hear from you is that this business coach is helping you to organize your day, structure your day, put limits around things. And it really feels to me like you're so much more of a present and intentional person. And if I was at one of your businesses, it would seem more like you're sort of in control in, in all the right ways, not all of the sort of scattered or micromanagey, anxious kinds of ways. Is that something that has taken you some time to come to? I mean, obviously, you've done a lot of work, I can tell, and you've learned things and practiced things. But what was your process like for where you were before, maybe as a perfectionist now into a recovering perfectionist? So I really go back to those mindfulness-based skills that I learned in my own therapy and just as a yoga practice. If I try to do more than one thing at a time, like nothing gets done well, I found. Uh, so multitasking, I think, is like my biggest enemy. So in order to avoid this anxiety that I could easily go back into that I've had in the past, I try to really focus on, all right, right now I'm doing this. And if this is starting to make me feel anxious, how do I take a deep breath and like ground myself to go back to this task. Or if I'm feeling this pull to answer this email, but maybe it doesn't really need to be answered right now. Like, all right, let's just like close that tab and go to something else. I really do try to be intentional and notice like how I'm feeling in the moment. Because if I am completely just, again, racing through the day and not settling down into any one task, I feel like it yeah, I'm just not productive. And then I almost end up being upset with myself for not being productive. And so the next day, if that does happen, I'm like, all right, today's going to be different. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z different. And maybe I only get 80% of the way. Like if I'm trying to do something different, only 80% of it goes well, that's okay. And just letting go of things that I don't need to be judging myself for has allowed me to become less like perfectionistic and less anxious about things. It's so funny as you're saying that I can completely identify with the task thing. On the one hand, you want to be um, connected to the folks. I mean, you've set up these things. They're important to you. You want to make sure that you're responsive. But as they get successful, the demands go up. More people are asking things more often. And it moves from multitasking to simultaneous tasking and overload and just crashing all over the place. I'm wondering as you... Uh, as we kind of move to uh, close our show out, um, are there any last you know tips or tricks you might have for our folks? I think it's trying to focus on not getting caught up on needing to be everything for everyone and to not sacrifice your needs or your day and time for other people's like needs like it's not an emergency unless it's like literally someone's dying nothing's an emergency and nothing needs to be taken care of like right then and there like you can take your time be intentional be mindful bring self-awareness to how you're feeling in the moment and i think you'll be able to have a more balanced experience in your work day or in your time with your family 
Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I, as a, a fellow driver three on the Enneagram here, this was really good for me. I think I'm going to have to listen to it probably a couple of times and take some notes and implement some of those. But the thing I especially appreciate about you, Stephanie, is that you're very congruent. You know, you have this mindfulness-based practice, and it's very clear that that's exactly what you do in your own personal life, and your professional life. And you implement all the things that you suggest to other people, and that really comes across. So thank you so much for taking the time and sharing with us about how you do things behind the scenes. I think it's going to be really, really valuable for people to hear and relate to and have some ideas and hope for, okay, maybe I can get this sort of chaotic life that I have a little bit under control because of what they've heard here. So thanks so much for being on our show and sharing with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 